this was about as bizarre and as easy as it gets. So the number for me was a number that would allow me to never have to work again. I feel like we got top, top, top. I went from a sale of, you know, $500,000 to in debt. $192 million. This is Built to Sell Radio with your host, John Warlow. Okay, so what are the numbers on your company's dashboard? My guess is you look at your company's revenue and profitability, which are two great metrics to track. But there are another eight key drivers of the value of your company that go well beyond just revenue and profitability that are the things that acquirers want to know about. Going and getting your value builder score will help you look at your business through the lens of an acquirer. It takes about 15 minutes to do. Go to valuebuilder.com to get your score. I hear from James Roman, who sold iVelocity for three times EBITDA. One of the things I really loved about this interview was the humility James brought to the table. He um, he talks a lot about the stress of running a company and managing employees, and I did it with candor. He built a company that became an Inc. 500 company, so significant business, but the stress was ultimately, I think, the straw that broke the camel's back that made him want to sell. And if that resonates with you at all, you'll love James' story. He goes into details about how he found a buyer, how quick, in fact, and seamless it was for him to find a buyer, how to go through negotiation, the rules he broke along the way. He talks about using contractors as a way to date before you get married. Um, He shares a little bit about his bucket list, which I think was really cool. He also talks about the resentment that was formed among his employees when they found out that they were an Inc. 500 company and all of a sudden they had higher expectations of him as an employer. And the mental duplicity, if I can use that term, of having to run your company at the same time as you're starting to imagine life uh, once you've left it. Here to tell you his story is James Roman. James Roman, welcome to Built to Sell Radio. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much, John. You are a backcracker by training. I know. Backs. What? Entrepreneurially these days. I'm Tell a back jockey. You're a back jockey. So you're a chiropractor. I'm a chiropractor by professional training. Yeah. Cool. And you had a chiropractic practice. Yeah. Right? So I practiced for ten years. I had a successful practice in Atlanta, and uh, and and decided that. You know, I was really good at marketing, so I wanted to get out and start the agency. Fantastic. We're going to get to iVelocity in a, in a moment. Before we do, though, what was it like to sell your chiropractic clinic? What was that experience like? So, you know, I, um, and I went through similar, you know, phase with the selling of iVelocity, but I, I just got to a point where I felt like I had done everything I wanted to do in chiropractic and I enjoyed the marketing side of it. Hmm. Well, selling the chiropractic company, um, I didn't know it's different with, with the agency, but that took me a solid year. It really? was, it was quite the interesting process. It was hard to find buyers. Um, you know, cause there's only a small number of people that are looking for a professional chiropractic practice to buy practice to buy. I guess people just set up their own, right? Like, they yeah, they usually set up their own yeah. and they work for another doctor. They'll go in and partner with somebody. So I, 
I, I sold that company myself. So it was, I worked with a broker for a year and I finally, I was the one that found a buyer for that. And it was a, one of my competitors, you know, we, we, we were friends, but we were also competitors in the same Frenemies. market. Yeah. Frenemies. And, and, and he's like, look, I said, the practice is for sale. I'm, I haven't um, sold it yet. Cause it's been in the market, but I'm like, dude, if I don't get something in the next few months here, I'll probably sell it for like, half of what it was worth. And at that time he's like, I'll buy, I have that money in the bank and I can buy that. And we, that deal, you know, I thought about it for a day. It was way less than what I was looking for, but I knew if I stayed in that practice for another six months, I probably wouldn't have that business. So I took the offer. Um, we closed in like a month and it was, it ended up being a much better deal because I had all of my collections and still coming in from the company. So I was able to keep my accounts receivable. That deal ended up being like, you know, we sold it for 150, but I ended up getting another hundred thousand dollars in receivable. So it ended up being about a $250,000 deal. And how did, how did that relate to your revenue? Like what was your revenue at the chiropractic clinic? Trend so the chiropractic, uh, my revenue, um, the year prior was like $700,000 a year. And then it dropped down to five fifty, And that was just 2011 before I sold that practice or 2000. Yeah. 2011 was the most challenging, difficult time. I think of my entire business experience. Hmm. Um, I had, you know, we were going through an insurance audit, um, and if, if you, if, if you ever run a healthcare practice, one of the most fear things that strikes fear into any healthcare entrepreneur is going through an insurance audit. Right. <laughs> of course. Then, you know, we ended up winning it, but it literally took me off my A game. I mean, it took me off. It, it challenged my confidence. It rocked me to the core. And, um, and then I had marketing issues and insurance. And it was like this perfect storm of stuff that I went through that, um, I got through it, but it was a challenging year. You know, mm. so our profits took a dip. And then at that, that point I was like, you know what? I think I've achieved what I wanted to do in this, this industry. I love marketing. So let's just go and, and do that. So. so let's get into the next company because that's the one we actually want to talk yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. I velocity. So what did, what does I velocity do? So we are a digital, uh, digital marketing agency. Uh, we do uh, paid advertising for healthcare practitioners. So it was a nice transition for me to kind of go into that because I understood healthcare. Mm. So we work with chiropractors, dentists, uh, medical doctors, and we help them grow their practices through paid advertising. So to, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of like the last time I changed doctors or dentists or chiropractors. <laughs> I, I think I would have been a little squeamish about clicking on a paid ad. Yeah. And my doctor, like I would have gone to like a Yelp review. Do people yeah. actually click on paid ads. Oh, to do. They do. They do. They click on, so they, you know, they'll do go in and, and Google AdWord. They'll go into Google and they'll type in local chiropractor or best top dentist. And so that's one Avenue. And then on Facebook and social media and, I mean, and we, so we started out as an SEO company. Mm -hmm. So we went from SEO to SEO and AdWords. And then we shifted it in 2014, 2015 to really being a Facebook ad company. And then we transitioned back into kind of doing multiple, multiple pay-per-click. Google AdWords, Facebook advertising and SEO services. So, Got it. SEO yeah. being search engine optimization. Yeah. You yeah. Your Google ranking up to naturally sort of surf up to the yeah. top which yeah. um, 
is is it a whole like kind of black art in and in and of itself? <laughs> SEO, you know, we 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 don't do as much SEO because paid, and, and I think that whole industry has changed over the last few years because it's become way more difficult. So, paid advertising if you're if you're a local business, a local brick and mortar company, like it's way it's way faster and easier to get an ad set up on paid advertising and start producing within. I mean, literally like two to three weeks, you can get it producing versus if you're doing SEO, that's a six month, nine months, 12 month strategy. And in today's fast paced economy, like businesses, most businesses can't take that long to show results. And that's really kind of why we veered more into paid advertising. Makes a ton of sense, right? Like yeah. you, you threw up a Facebook ad and your the phone's ringing like 10 minutes later, maybe. Absolutely. Maybe. That's, that's it. Actually your, that's it. <laughs> got it. Okay. So how did you staff this company? Because this, this, the currency of, uh, you know, knowledge of how to structure a paid search campaign yeah. has become very expensive to buy. Yeah. So, you know, how I staffed it, um, I started, you know, it, it was, I started with myself. Yeah. So, you know, I started at Velocity with literally no, no money. We, we, the, my first client hired me as an SEO and he was like, will you show me how to do this? And I was like, well, I can either show you or you can just pay me and I can get it done way faster. <laughs> so, so that was my first client. So we were cash positive from the very, I, I had four clients with my agency while I was still in practice hmm. and I had no website, I had no business cards and I just had the business name. So it was you in the beginning, but you it built it the beyond just you. Yeah, we built it to 20, 26, 27 team members. Um, so I started hiring contractors first. You know, I started a contract, I'd have a contractor that would do this portion of the SEO and I'd have this contractor that would do this portion of the account management and work with the clients. And so um, I started with me doing these positions and then I would start delegating those positions to a contractor and then eventually moved into hiring employees, full-time full employees for this. Um, and so we would essentially, you know, as we started to ramp up and grow, so we started from, you know, five clients to 10 clients to 15 clients. I think I hired my first team member when we had about 15 clients Mm -hmm. Um, and then the next one was when we got to 20, 25 clients and the next one was, uh, 30 to 35 clients and 40 clients. And so we, I had learned business management skills from when I ran the chiropractic company, um, to, and I, and I, that transferred over to here where we started working on divisions. So we had the account management side that would work with the clients. And then we had production side, which was essentially, these are the services. These are, these are how we're going to deliver the service. So this would be our SEO person. This would be our Facebook advertising manager. This would be our Google AdWords person. And we broke those down into different departments within those divisions. And they all had to report to a senior team member and um, they were for their work done. That's in that, that's essentially how we built out the team. How we hired everybody was um, this is this is if I can this is one nugget that I will still continue to do no matter what business I'm in. We always hired people for our marketing firm as a contractor first. So if you were going to come on for iVelocity Marketing, and I think you know I think uh, the new buyer has uh, the new owner has kind of changed this. But my philosophy was I want to date first before I find out if we're going to be a really good fit for each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we always did like a two to four week dating period, which was like, you'll come on as a contractor first. We'll pay you a set fee. And then once we kind of do this 
dating period when we can kind of see if we like each other. You can find out if you like our company and I can find out if you're a good fit for us. Um, then we'll move you into a full-time employee. And that has, that has really worked. I hmm. mean, it's how we built this team to, um, I think when we sold it, we had about 17 or 18 full-time employees. And then we had about 10 contractors that we work with. Um, that's how we built that team. So. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you're growing this company and, and, and I understand you, you hit the Inc 500 list. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So my like back in 2013, 2014, when I, when this started to really kind of like I, in 2012, I sold the business, my, chiropractic practice. Mm -hmm. And I really started doing this full time. So 2012, 2013, I'm starting to think like, man, I'd love to get the Inc 500. And then you real you, you figure out like, what are the requirements? And it's like, you need to do at least $2 million in revenue to even be listed on that thing. So I'm, I'm thinking far off. And I wrote this down as a vision and I keep going back to it. And it was one of my bucket list items. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to get the Inc 500. I want to be not on the Inc 5,000 list, the Inc 500. So um, we worked our butts off from 2013 to uh, 2016. We grew 10 times. We did a thousand percent increase in our revenue and our gross revenue. And at that time, um, you know, it's listed, we were doing 2.9 million and at the end of 2016, and that's what they based those numbers on. And so we were published in the 2017 episode of Inc 500. And it was a huge, I, you know, for entrepreneurs and business owners, it's, I think it's a way bigger thing for us. <laughs> like it is for anybody else. Like, I mean, even the client, like the clients thought it was cool and some people like really appreciate it, but there's nothing like another business owner. Like, it is like, I can say it to, to, um, to regular people, people that are not business owners or my team members. And they think it's cool, but like another business owner appreciates how difficult that is to do. And so it, it gives you instant credibility when you're around other business owners. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a calling card into a very elite club. Well, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Did you frame the picture? Like, did you? I did. <laughs> there you go. That's good. I sure as hell did. Um, Cause it's a big deal for me, but you know, what's interesting is that that kind of <laughs> created its own challenges. How so, so? Well, so after the Inc 500, you know, everybody like in 2016, so 2014, 2015, 2016, we don't have an office space. Hmm. So we're starting to grow this team. And I think in 2015, we had like seven, 17 members, 2016, we had about nine team members and um, we were just all using a shared office space up until 2017. So 2017, we actually get our first office space up until that point, everybody's working remotely or we're, and we're going into a shared office space a couple of times a week to have our meetings. And that was it. And I, I like that. I did like that a lot. Um, in 2017, we got our first office space. And then when we hit the Inc 500 list, and I think people knew how much money we made, um, it started to change the dynamics a little bit on the team. You know, mm -hmm. it, it started, we went from this, like, well, here we're a startup and we're, we're kind of like, we're in this growth and we're getting bigger and everybody's excited about that to like, Oh, we're like a real company. <laughs> and so real companies like they require real benefits and like it starts to shift and change the dynamic. I, I remember this is when I knew the dynamic shift a little bit in 16, 15, 16 years of business. I had never lost an employee um, because of money. 
Like I had like in the end of 2017, after the Inc 500, we lost a senior team member. And it was really because it was, it was, it was that person searching out more money. And it was the first of several that happened, but it was the first time it was like, you know, it just, it just, it shifted a little bit, you know, it wasn't about the purpose so much. And that's important. It's important to have purpose, but at the same time, like people need to make what they're worth. And, and that taught me a whole bunch of lessons in itself. So Sounds like it for yeah. sure. And so catch me up to how this story ends because yeah. you're on this ramping up period, yeah. 3 million in revenue. What, what was the trigger that made you think about selling? So there's a couple of things. I, I wrote this down. There was like, there's probably like three things that, um, but the, the one biggest thing was after the, after the Inc 500, I felt like I got to the same point with my practice where I was at with my practice where I was like, I felt like I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. Um, you know, I felt like I had gotten to the point where I wanted to, to get to. And even back right in October, 2017, I even wrote down in, in my vision. I was like, I'm going to sell this thing in 29. I'm going to sell this company in 2019. It may take me a while, but I think that's the next thing where I wanted to go. So mm-hmm. that's, I, I felt like part of me, it was just like, I've, I've, conquered this mountain, you know, I've done this. I, I, I need a new mountain to climb or a new thing to challenge me. And the second and third thing were related to the first one or they became accentuated because of the first one. Um, but the second was the team dynamics. The team dynamics started to shift a little bit and change uh, in early 2018. And so it was, you know, we had a lot of turnover in early 2018 it was like the eight 500 and a bunch of turnover. <laughs> and then it also in early, the, and the third thing was like in early 2018 between January and um, March of that year, uh, both my wife works and she's a software salesperson. So she's on the road. And then I was on the road a lot. So the first three months of 2018, I'm sitting there and I, it, it was mid March before both me and my wife were home during the same week. Oh. So either she was working and traveling or I was working and traveling. And I'm like, this is, I'm working hard. And I'm like, this is just not fun anymore. Yeah. You know? And that's where, that was the early signs of it. So, um, July, uh, the, the, the final thing was July of 2017. Of, I'm sorry, July of last year, 2018. I'm sitting down with another agency owner and I've heard, you know, I've listened to your podcast a lot. Um, I mean, during the sales process, I listened to your podcast almost every, every, I mean, every other day I was on some sort of episode <laughs> listening to it. So it helps significantly. Remedial learner. Yeah, but, but I needed, I needed the insight from hearing other people going through selling their businesses, you know, but in uh 20, you know, that July, I'm sitting down with another um, agency owner and he's talking to me about, he's like about his health issues hmm. and he was having the same kind of health problems that I was having. And they were like stress related. They're like digestive problems, chronic inflammation stuff. And I've heard, some other entrepreneurs on your podcast talk about health stuff and talk Mm -hmm. about stress and all those things. And I just finally, it was like, you know, the last three or four years, I haven't taken care of myself. I've had these digestive issues. I've had this inflammation and just, and honestly, I haven't taken care of myself. And that was the final thing. It was like, I'm ready to sell this. Hmm. Thanks for sharing uh, that. Cause it's not a topic we talk, you know, a lot of people are, are comfortable talking about, but I think it's such a big deal. Uh, it is. It is the health toll that that 
running a company takes on is serious. Yeah. I had this digestive, like it's, you know, so first off, since I've sold this company, <laughs> I'm Are working out, like, I'm first of all, no, I'm, no, I'm look at like, I'm tan. Like I have a tan, I've colored back on my face. I, uh, <laughs> I, like, I have worked out like four or five days a week for like the last like six weeks, almost two months. And it's more than I've worked out in the last like seven years. Oh. This company, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So, um, so that was the key thing. He, he was talking about it. He was like literally named off all the symptoms that I was having. And he really? was, you know, and so I was like, you know, this is a doctor I, you went to see, no, this is a, this is another agency business oh, agency sorry. owner. We sat down and had lunch and he was sharing, you know, he downsized, he downsized his agency rather than sell it. Mm-hmm. So he went from like a 15 member team member to um, like a couple contractors and he downsized and he was like, I'm so much happier. I'm not managing a team anymore. And you know, the management, the management aspect of a business is I think that what is what took a lot out of me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The pe- the, just the people. Um, I know I, I, I love the team that I work with, but managing all of that, the club members at times um, was taxing, you know, it was taxing on, on my stress levels in my body. And, and I, I now know this about myself. I love growing a business. I love the creation side. I love the growth side. I just don't like the management side. Not a lot, buddy. You're not <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. So I'm okay saying that now. Yeah, good, good. So let's get into the actual sale itself. So, yeah. so you you went these sort of three seemingly unrelated uh, things came together and made you want yeah. to sell. Yeah. What was that process like? What What did you? What was your first call? Who did? You, who was your first so call? So the very first thing I did, I go to. Um, I I went to buy biz sell. Uh, that, that site. And I went and I yeah, typed by in, sell.com, I think yeah, by, yeah, by, or bizbysell.com. So I went to that site and I looked up other agencies that were, that were being sold. Mm. And I found like five or six different brokers. Um, I, I just knew I didn't have time to go through and find buyers. So I'm like, I'm going to talk to a broker. And so I, the, I knew the first step was talking to him. I talked about five different brokers and the one that I chose, I just, we hit it off from the start. Like we just, we had a connection on the phone call. I just, he felt confident about my business and we just connected and in, and quite frankly, out of all the guys that I spoke with and girls that I spoke with as far as business brokers, he was the only one that followed up and not only followed up was like, I want your business. Hmm. I'm going to sell your business. And he was adamant about it. So um, we hit it off from day one and he told me, he's like, I, th- I went into it thinking that it was going to take me a year to sell this thing. Like I, like my chiropractic practice was, and he was like, everything about your business is so solid and the profit levels and where you're at. And, and you know, clients, he's like, I can probably have your business sold within three months. He told me, he told me three months and I was like, that's crazy. You know? <laughs> but, um, but we, I mean, to his credit, we had, we had a signed letter of intent in a month after we listed it. We had three letter. We had three. We had three offers. So I fear. Okay, it was uh, Dustin and James over at Digital Acquisitions. Yeah, yeah. Give him a give him yeah. a plug. So yeah, it's okay if I give him a plug. James, yeah, Digital Acquisitions. Dustin over at Digital Acquisitions and James. I work with those two over there, and they did an incredible job. So we we listed it. I think October fourteenth. We had about 
seven or eight phone calls with potential buyers and we had three offer letters uh, within 30 days. Wow. And, yeah. Now, yeah. did you list it for a price? Did you put a price tag on it or did you just yeah. say? You yeah, we put, a, we put a price tag on it, yeah. What did you think the company was worth uh, on a sort of a multiple or like, had you, how did you come up with the price? So we, you know, I listened, I read, I, I read your book. Okay. <laughs> Do the podcast. So we, he had, they had come up with it. I mean, we were around three times EBITDA, you know, okay. sort of, and you figured that was, that was about, that was fair. Like, did you, did you get yeah, it? I felt that was fair. I felt that was fair for the, for the, for I, I, the number. It's interesting that the number that I had originally wrote down in 2017 was the number that we ended up was the final sale price, which was three times. Yeah. Yeah. We went, we started out slightly higher, but because a couple of things happened during the sale process, we came down, we started higher than that number, but we ultimately came back to that number. Got it. Got it. Um, Did you actually write down a number or did you write down three times EBITDA? No, sorry. So we came, I came, I wrote down three times. No, I'm sorry. I wrote down a number. Okay. And that was equated to reading your book. That was, I was like, this is pretty much three, three times what I think uh, I knew what the EBITDA was. I was like, this is three times. And I wrote down that number. And then when we, and that was back in 2017, because I think I, I had read your book in 2017 when I started first <laughs> thinking about this, you know, oh, funny. and I, or it was either 27, 2016, it was 2017, maybe 20 early 2018. Um, and so, when we got the, when we, so the brokers, uh, from, so Dustin came back and he said, this is what I think that the company is worth. Um, it's going to be three times around EBITDA. And we had it slightly higher than that original number that I wrote. And then during the sales process, and I'd love to share with you what that was like. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so we originally came back. So I don't think anybody talks about this, but um, enough. If, if I, me and my wife were talking about this, if you take the, all the stress that I had in the seven years that I had this from 2011 to 20, 2019, all that in four month period between October and March, was it, no, it was five months, October and um, October and March 1st when we sold this, that four month, five month period is way more stressful than the other seven years. (laughs) What made it so stressful? Oh, um, you know, trying to run the company while you're trying to sell it at the same time. And so you're, you're doing both. You're like, you have, I've heard from the podcast and the brokers told me this too. It's like, you have to run it as if you're not selling it. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then you're getting all this information together for the buyer. You're having to spend time, have them look through your books. And that wasn't bad, but it was, it was, it was the mental game of, I'm starting to like, I'm spending this energy getting ready to sell this thing and I'm starting to think about what it's going to be like when I sell this thing and I have this money in the bank and you're starting to visualize what your life is going to be afterwards. And even though like you're going there, but you can't go there, but you want to go there. And, um, and I would say, and, and I can, I think I can say the buyer's name, Scott, it was an incredible person, Mm. incredible buyer. Like I, when we first, he flew out here, and we sat down and we had a three, four hour, we had a two hour lunch, which turned into like four hours. And we, we literally hit it off from the day one. And I, I knew he was the buyer, you know, um, I knew he was the buyer for the company because of who he was as a person. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, 
just I, I it almost brings me to tears because I'm so happy that he bought it <clears throat> and he's such an incredible person even with that being said the way the contract was written he could have pulled out any time up until that until the money transferred into the bank um, and I knew he was a great person and I knew he was going to be the company but the stress of not really knowing that this was finalized until we got to that like final day where the money was transferred that was incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. It was stressful for me. And that like, even, you know, we talk about it that for, for, I, I had definitely aged in that four or five month period. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife had to like, you know, she had to bear the brunt of that stress, you know, mm-hmm. cause she, you're, you're, you're telling your partner all the stuff that you're going through and you're trying to, to do both run this company, keep the numbers going, keep it going while you're, 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 to a, to a small degree, you've started to check out a little bit mm-hmm. and you're dealing with all the, Oh, I forgot to tell you this. So the, the, the government shutdown, the government shutdown with, with the government shutdown ended up posting, pushing our deal back like almost a month and a half. Why? What was the relationship? Because small business loan association, the small business loans can't be written if they don't have somebody in the government overseeing it. So Scott that was like, using an SBA loan. Uh, Scott was using an SBA yep. loan to go through that. And so that even pushed it back even more. <laughs> It just was like, it was stressful. It was very stressful. Okay. So you get these three, uh, sorry, you said you had three offers on this? Yeah, we had three offers. So there was, there was two other people that had, um, put offers in. So and right right around the same time. So we were looked at all three of those and the two, um, the two other offers were lower, but the bigger thing was that they, they were people that were not going to be here in Denver to run the company. So they wanted to essentially like, operate it from afar, fly in and not run this company themselves. Mm. And I just didn't, I, I want to knew the company wasn't set up that way. Like we needed to have a leader here to be mm-hmm. able to lead this ship. And I just knew it wasn't going to be successful if someone was just going to come in, was going to come in sporadically. And, and um, so I, I, Scott was like, look, I'm going to come in. I'm going to run this thing. We're going to grow this business and we're going to take what you started and um, we're going to grow upon it. And, you know, we, we had so many, we had, I don't, I know this doesn't happen that often, or at least what is what I've been told is that like um, the buyer and the seller create a relationship, you know, but we had, we had a really good relationship and we hmm. felt like there were, there were times where both him and I were like, we were told, you know, you don't share this with the buyer. Or he was told not to share this with the seller. And, and we were just like, screw that, man. Like, you know, <laughs> like we're just going to be honest with each other. And we were honest during the whole entire process. Like give me an example of something that you were told, Oh, you should I, never tell the, 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 so he, he was told not to give his expansion ideas, you know, not <laughs> to give his ideas of how he was ex- going to expand the company. Well, um, you know, he shared those with me and I'm like, dude, that's incredible. Like that's great ideas. Um, and so, so he was told not to do that. He did it. If you do that in some scenarios, the seller could take that information and just use it to build the company and not sell it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I told him, I was like, listen, listen, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not, I don't have any like desires to take this back on. Like if you're selling, I'm, I am truly selling this to you, you know? And, um, God, I don't, I, I don't even, I don't know if I would have had, the energy to go through another, if this fell through, I don't know if I would have the energy to go through another one like mm. another sales process. I, I, I don't know if I would have it in me. So, 
isn't that interesting? It's it's so taxing. The it, at some point was your um, did Scott use? It sounds like you were going through, and 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 admittedly, you were exhausted. Yeah. Um, he could have used that information, I guess, against you. Yeah, he could have, but he he's not that type of guy. You know, yeah. he just uh, he he he's not i mean i know that all business deals don't always go down this way mm -hmm. um, but you know he he to his credit was like he's he's a he's a, an incredible entrepreneur and business owner like um and he didn't you know and has he had other businesses that he's yeah so he he came from the healthcare side so he um he 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 essentially ran um he was ceo for startup companies so his he was essentially working for larger healthcare corporations that would come in buy smaller companies. And he would be the CEO that would go in there and take these from a small company to a much larger company. And so he's never um, owned his own, but he's run a lot of different companies and organizations. And so he wanted to get back in, he wanted to, to own his own company and to essentially build like build something. And, and he explained to me is like, there's, there's certain, certain entrepreneurs that, um, we'll come in and get it started. Mm -hmm. And then there's other people that will take that and then build upon that. Mm -hmm. And then there's type people that will then take the third phase, which will then expand, expand out the services. He's like, I'm going to take what you started and we're going to build upon that. And then we're going to expand it. And so um, he has a, a wealth of experience in managing big teams, mm -hmm. like managing 80 to a hundred people, hmm. um, which I, you know, I was, we were looking at the, the team in October of last year and i'm like everybody came in for our quarterly review or our quarterly meeting and there was like 25 26 people in the room and i'm like i'm looking at this these people and i'm like oh my god i'm like i i i was slightly intimidated by the size of my own company you know because <laughs> you're like you're like when i started this thing it was like this big and then now it's like and there's lots of people and so you know, you learn that you learn those skills of managing people through being an entrepreneur and you, and you grow into that. Um, and if you're honest, like if people are honest with themselves at some time, some, at least me being honest, that sometimes I was a little intimidated by that, you know, mm. and almost a little fearful of that. So, yeah, it's, uh, isn't that interesting? And so for him, you know, I guess I'm curious to know, what he was buying when he bought iVelocity because I guess there's a school of thought that would be like, okay, he's got all the skills. He could just start it. Well, why does yeah. he need to buy yeah. it? What, 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 what essentially so, buying when he bought your company? So he was buying, you know, our client list. We had a client list of um, around a hundred clients at that time. Mm -hmm. We had, um, we were a niche within a niche. So I don't, I didn't, we weren't just in healthcare. We were, we were niches within a niche. So, we worked in chiropractic, but in chiropractic, we only work with integrated offices in dentist in dentistry. We only work with dentists that did dental implants hmm. in medicine. We only work with medical offices that did regenerative and stem cell therapy. So we always worked with um, a niche within a niche. And we always, the, the one thing that kind of, the one main theme across all of those were that these healthcare offices were selling large cash services or large fee for service services that were not covered by insurance. So they need marketing strategies. And um, okay. the, we also had some brand I had been in, I had been in the, these industries for 
seven years. And so the name had some value to it. Like people <laughs> did know I velocity marketing. If you were a chiropractor, the chances are you've seen our advertising and you've heard about, um, I velocity marketing, you know? And so he was building, he was buying the brand. He was building, uh, buying the company and the, org- and the team members in it and also the client database. Fantastic. I, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, kind of what's next for you, because it, it looks like you're at home, you're enjoying fruits of flavor. What's next? So, so during, during the last, like, so I, I um, if I can share this story with you, I'll yeah, tell you well, this will kind of good, good leeway. So I had a business, I've, I've, I still have a, the same business coach, but I've had multiple business coaches while I've been in that have helped me during the growth, you know, growing the business. And so in October, October, 2017, the same year that we, the same month that I got the Inc 500, I'm back in my office and we're doing our quarterly strategy session. We have the whole entire team come in to Denver. Um, we have the, my coach fly in and we're sitting there the next day after we have this big meeting and all my team members are there and it's just me and him talking. And he, he you know, he was, t- he's sharing, he's like, you know, I, he's like, my, my lifestyle was paid by my real estate and my investments. And he's my, my coach is 60. He's like, my consulting is kind of like the stuff that I do because I enjoy it. Mm. He's like, I really enjoy working with and, and he's always had like five to seven clients that he's worked with personal relationships. He flies out and works with them every quarter. And, um, but he has no team members and he has you know, no, this company is just him, but he's got a great setup where he just comes in, he flies out, he looks at the company. This is what he does to me or what he did for me. He would fly out. He'd spend a day with me or two. He would tell me what to do and then I would have to do it. Right? Fly out. <laughs> and then he fly yeah. out. Good luck to you, James. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wow. Like, and so I, I kind of like, for me, you know, I, I have faith. Um, I feel God or whatever you want to call it. Universal intelligence always plants a seed for what's next, you know? And I feel like at that time, the seed was like, you know, coaching and going in there and doing consulting. So the next thing is I, um, I'm be launching this company called optimal growth coaching. Um, and we're going to be working with just small entrepreneurs and helping them with their sales strategy, with their business management. Um, that's, I, I love teaching and I love coaching people. I really do out of the whole, like, and that was my favorite thing with working with my team members. Um, as I loved coaching and I love, um, I love leading the team and coaching us into where we're going to go, you know, um, less than I do the management side. You know, I love to kind of give the ideas. So we're going to go in this direction. This is what's going to benefit the clients um, and how, how to help us grow. And, and so I want to do that for others. And how are you going to deal with, um, you know, the stress of, of running a company as you've gone through it now twice? Yeah, yeah. Both, you know, both the chiropractic clinic and iVelocity were majorly stressful events. Yeah. What's your strategy to, to manage that? So um, here's, you know, what I've, since I've started, I, I've started to do things daily in my routine that I feel like no matter, so I, I I'm going to take some time off. Like I'm going to take probably, you know, I was going to take a 12 month sabbatical. Um, I'm probably going to take three or four months off before I start doing the, the coaching and consulting. But there's certain things that I started doing since the sale of the practice or sale of the business um, daily 
like working out for an hour a day, um, doing morning meditation and prayer and like doing these things on a consistent basis is like, it's already had a huge, you know, um, payoff for me and I'm already benefited from it. So I think moving forward, making sure that I use those practices and for this, for the, the next phase of my career where I'm going to go into, I, I don't plan on having employees. Um, mm. it, there's for this stage, you know, for this stage, I, I'm, I, I feel like I have a third and fourth business, maybe possibly fifth business out of me before I finally, you know, say I'm done and I may never, you know, fully be done. Um, but I know I will have employees and team members to manage again. I know like what I want to do ultimately is going to require that I'm just taking a break probably for the next, like one to two years from having a big team mm-hmm. just want a break from managing people for a while and just kind of like, just help other businesses and coach them. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I wish you all the best of luck. <laughs> and I appreciate you sharing the story. It's amazing. There's lots of lessons. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Built to Sell Radio with John Warlow. For complete show notes with links to additional resources, visit builttosell.com slash blog. John is the founder of the Value Builder System. To find out how to improve the value of your business by 71%, visit valuebuildersystem.com. John is also the author of Built to Sell, creating a business that can thrive without you, and the automatic customer, creating a subscription business in any industry. Connect with John at Facebook.com slash Built to Sell or on Twitter at John Warlow, W-A-R-R-I-L-L-O-W. Thanks for listening.